that's the latest episode of Creative Psychopaths, all edited and everything, and all the social medias that people should follow, updated and ready to go. I can't believe we've been doing this since January, we still haven't had to uh, settle on any gimmick weeks or anything like that, so that's good. (sighs) Time to go to sleep. Welcome everyone to the September sleepover. Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. It's September sleepover, which means that this month we're going to be doing three of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So obviously that's me and Matthew all the time, plus guest. This week we have another Matthew, who uh, from here on out we're going to be referring to as Logger. Um, Say hello, Logger. Hello then, how are we doing? And Matthew, obviously you need to say hello to, I, I probably should have done you first. Uh, it's fine. I am the inferior Matthew this week. <laughs> well, you're now you're the only Matthew. Yeah, I'm just glad we're not playing Highlander rules. Oh, there can be only one. Swords yeah. at the ready, as it were. If I get my head cut off, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, it'll uh, Digitally, perhaps. Uh, can we do that? I don't know. Maybe that's the uh, the, the picture for this week. Maybe that's if they reboot Highlander, we'll we'll have digital Highlandings, quickenings. <laughs> God, <laughs> just sounds filthy, doesn't it? That well, the quickening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely! Oh, that was uh, we 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 almost slipped into forced banter there, forced Highlander banter. So yeah, you didn't get usual introduction there because, as I've said, this is September and we're doing. Nightmare on Elm Street. We are. So we're going to have a delightful sleepover with each other. Um, and the best, the first thing that to do in a sleepover is play a little game. So we're going to have a game of would you rather? And who would rather go first? I think we should we should leave that open to the guests. Let, let the guests kick us off. Yeah, go for it, Logo. Yeah, that's fine. I've, I've actually got two because I'm greedy. Well, so, why don't uh, we can bookend it then? <laughs> well, one's a funny one and one's a horror-themed one. Ooh-hoo-hoo. So for the funny one, I've always said, well, my daughter actually said this to me not so long back and it's just stuck in my head, is would you rather have fingers as toes or toes as fingers? Um, oh, fingers as toes. Fingers as toes? Wouldn't that make me a chimp? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I could peel bananas with my feet. I'd be well happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that, do pesky texting. Well, actually, yeah, there's there's ample opportunity for hijinks. <laughs> yeah, no, that that yeah, definitely. What what would you have, Logo? Did you? Uh, it's just a simple one. Where would you rather watch all of Freddy Krueger's for the rest of your life? It's the only films you can watch, or all of the screams. Scream, I think. Yeah. I did say it was my favourite franchise on the first episode. So. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah, I have to stick with that. 
Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Too hard. It's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> Too hard. Uh, if there's a third road where I just die, I'll take that. <laughs> Without choosing. Oh, yeah, on Desert Island. That, that's too it. much fencing. You know what? I've got, I'll choose Nightmare on Elm Street because I think ultimately it's probably got superior sequels. Uh, so I'll take that. There you go. Right. What do you say, Matthew? Um, it'll have to be Freddy for me every time. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street, as it's done. Oh, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Well, yeah, I've, I've got to admit, I'm surprised to be outvoted on that one. I mean, yeah. it's similar to Mark. I preferred the earlier Scream, but not so much the later ones. I like the Scream sequels, but I just think there's. I think I'd have more fun if I have to watch them for the rest of my life. I think I'd have more fun going back through the nightmares. Plus, there's more of them. If you're including That's true, if you're including Freddy versus Jason as well, which why not? A new nightmare, a new nightmare, superior sequel. I do not agree with your conclusion, but I respect your reasoning. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, then. So I'll, I'll, I'll go next then. Right. Okay. So would you rather explain the plot details, themes, and uh, all the information about the Saw franchise in front of a business congress of 400 people right. or watch the entire Saw franchise without a break with someone who keeps making you pause it and explain what's happening every five minutes. Oh Jesus! Oh, I think I'd take. I think I'd take the four hundred people. I think I'd kill that other person. Well, you beat me to that. <laughs> I was about to say exactly the same thing. If I was sat next to someone, there's nothing. I get it with um, my missus watching stuff with her every two minutes. What's happening? I say you're watching exactly the same as me. Yeah, I mean. Mark, this, that is pretty so, much yeah. what we do anyway. We just time. don't do it in a business setting. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Well, not quite 400 people. Uh, no, we're much more popular than that. Oh, yeah, of course. Thousands upon millions upon thousands. We're making money hand over fist with this with this uh, podcast. The only reason we're working now is for something to do. He said in the future. <laughs> we'll clip that and we'll post it. Yeah. Um, well, my one is uh, so I'm going to offer I'm going to offer you um, hundred million pounds, right? But the would you rather is you've got two choices. You can either remove your own eye, or you're guaranteed to die by shark at some point in your life. So choose. Okay, so oh, I have to, I have follow up questions. Right, just one eye. Just one eye. Okay. And you, you, guaranteed... you have to remove it. Right. And that the shark death is that that's just random. That can just happen anytime. 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 So, you know, potentially, obviously, you could avoid swimming, but I'm not saying they can't come up the toilet. You can't avoid a sharknado. You can't avoid a sharknado. Hmm. Also, I think there very might be very tiny sharks that get stuck in your throat. <laughs> it is just death by shark. Death by shark. See, I figured I'd just stay away from water, but then like a shark would just land on me out out of the blue. Yeah, because yeah, you could be eating eating yeah. shark in a restaurant. Exactly. Man, sure. it's a guarantee. It could be anything, and you don't know when. I think I'm just going to take the eye. <laughs> I can. 
You can live with an eye, just with one eye. Well, hey, hundred million. I can I can buy an effective glass eye. Yeah. Where technology's going, they'll have bionic eyes soon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, there you go. If anything, I've offered you a Yeah, I could go full laser eye. Great Kano from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, take okay. that eye out. It'll suck, but... You're going to go for the eye? Short-term pain, long-term gain. Uh, it was the eye for me as well. Uh, I think you've been watching Saw too many times. It sounds like something off that. Uh, but... Uh... Well, I'm going to do the shark because I've always wanted to meet a shark. Maybe it's like a shark from West Side Story. You just get stabbed by what's his wait? I can't remember which ones are the sharks. The Latino ones, I think. Whichever ones with the sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's a, a Greek guy <laughs> in Latino paint. So <laughs> racism. You're going to get killed by a racist Greek bloke. Oh, no. Death by racism. That could be on your gravestone. <laughs> right. Death by racism. Oh, no. I don't, I don't like that idea. It's too many connotations. People might walk past and <laughs> yeah. go, I wonder if he himself was a racist. Should have taken the eye. You could have avoided all could of this. Been, I'll just think of that. It could have been a shark hoover. Oh, what have yeah, you been doing with a hoover class here? Yeah. Uh, no, I, well, I actually meant a proper oh, shark. Right. We, we, veered, we veered off into some weird tangent. So, um, brilliant. Well, there you go. That was our lovely little sleepover game. We've, we've giggled. We've talked about boys. We've had a little a little game. And uh, all girls. So, obviously, this, this week, this is the first week. So, we're doing the actual <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. A Nightmare on Elm Street, as it were. And I'm just curious, going into this, what history you've got with this film. Because I think this might be one of your first ones, Matt. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was born in 81. So by the time it came out on the old VHS, I don't know, it might have been. It came out, obviously came out in 85. So but by the time it came on VHS, it might have been 86, I'm guessing 87. So yeah, it was, it was yeah. one of the first ones. And like we've talked about before, I did have a very young upbringing on horror films. It's mental, you know, when you're saying that... Um... You know, when it came out and the time between it coming on video. Yeah. You know, man, we used to have to wait such a long time, whereas now it's like you you find yourself somewhat shocked by something that's on TV yeah. already. Like, well, you want too bad. That just came out. We had one then. Uh, everyone's got a dodgy Uncle Nobed. Uh, um, <laughs> everyone's got an Uncle Nobed, don't they? Um, that used to get us the dodgy videos. So we used to have them quite soon off cinema. But... It sometimes wow. spoiled it because, you know, they weren't the best quality. That's uh, If any VHS were good quality. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been a bit of a resurgence of VHS lately, or at least a lot of what I see on social medias and that, people like recollecting VHS. And I can see why, because a lot of the VHS tapes are like a lot nicer to look at than DVDs and Blu-ray and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah. Um. What about you, Matthew? Is this... Uh, so it, this is the only one that I've actually seen from the franchise. Oh, really? So this is this is going to be an exciting few weeks for me. Yeah, it is. I think you're going to... Uh, so, I think you're going to enjoy going through these sequels. I wish I was reliving them. So, yeah, I have seen it a couple of times. Uh, never, never gone into the sequels. And it is 
a fairly recent one for me as well. So it's uh, last couple of years or so. Yeah. I'd probably the first time I saw it. I mean, as I recall, your first episode, the, the, the episode that I did with you, horror was, you know, you'd seen some of it, but it was it only just sort of started really becoming a, a genre of you recently-ish. <laughs> yeah, so I'd, I'd say I've been prioritising... Uh, the the core text rather than the sequence yeah, yeah. So for pretty much everything as well i'd say the only franchise that i've really got like for, you know for, for the the big franchises that have gone for like 10 films or whatever the only one that i've really gone through most of the sequels with i'd say is halloween oh right okay some of that some of so, those ones are dire yeah they are <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well, the the only thing I've really got about this, and I probably said it on the podcast before, is my main memory of Nightmare on Elm Street is watching the opening and not even getting past this uh, bit where he builds a glove, which I'm sure you're about to get into. And that was that was me going, nope, I'm not watching that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, later later on in life, when I became you know more of a horror fan, I found myself going back through a lot of these um, '80s things. So, you know. That's it. That's it, really. I don't have much more to say about it. That you know, because we're about to get into it anyway, aren't we? So I think uh, the only thing I can add is every horror film I've ever seen, it's the one that's scared me the most, and still probably does because it's very raw. It's been a very scary. You know, the the ones a bit later on, as Matthew will find out when he watches them, almost comical, whereas this one is genuine scare. Yeah, it's what I was going to say. It's from sort of an outsider perspective on it. It's kind of hard to get a grasp on where the franchise is really in sort of the canon because it's you know like you say when I was a I was a kid, everyone talked about Freddy Krueger like this this terrifying character, uh, and then you sort of see some of the funnier ones sort of clipped in yeah. in later, and you know then you see. Freddy versus Jason as this sort of killer versus killer thing. And it's kind of hard to put your finger on sort of who Freddy is and what the franchise is like as I'm, you know, just looking at it from yeah, the outside. Yeah. So it's going to be it's interesting. Going to be interesting, especially going to be interesting because we're only watching three and then we won't be doing this again until next September. <laughs> oh man, is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I promise not to watch them in my personal time. Well, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> I never thought of that. I never thought of you doing it on your own uh, time. What a concept. Right. Well, I'll hand over to you then. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's get into it then. So I don't think we really need to introduce the film because we have been talking about it for the last quarter of an hour or so. Uh, so yeah, it's Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, uh, written and directed by Wes Craven, uh, which that actually struck me as unusual right from the start because uh, an author... Wes Craven's other monster hit with Scream. He, he didn't actually write that one, no, so I was a little surprised to see that it was a a two hander from him on it. No, well, curiously, um, he got the idea for Nightmare on Elm Street from a uh, a news story that he read about a boy who um, hadn't been sleeping, and his parents had been giving him sleeping pills and stuff, um, but he still wasn't going to yeah, sleep. I heard about this, and and eventually, over eventually, he did go to sleep and. Um, that very night, died in his sleep. They came in, he was writhing around. 
and uh, died in his sleep. And it turned out he hadn't been taking sleeping pills and he also had a secret pot of coffee. So he saw this story and thought that's where the idea came from. So um, there you go. Yeah, it's a very straight line for inspiration there. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, as I understand it, the script was floating around for about three years or something like that before it actually got picked up. Again, that's a bit of a surprise because mm. you know Wes Craven, you know, had he had done stuff before, has not he? You know, Hills of Eyes and a few other bits and pieces. The sequel, yeah, he did. But you think he'd have a bit more cash than? Uh, yeah, no, apparently. Struggling to get Apparently, people thought it wasn't a very good idea, or um, and as I understand, it got picked up by New Line Cinema. It did, yeah. And the uh, subsequent business that they did from this and the sequels and and VHS sales from it basically kept the studio. It did going. yeah? Well, they were a very small studio before even. I can see this is going to be a long episode, isn't it? We've haven't even got. I'll just uh, jump in. Uh, well, <laughs> a little fact that I read. Uh, while just going over this is oh, Wes Craven, one of his childhood memories, was looking out of his bedroom window and saw what looked like a homeless man just in like a stripy red and black top. And every time he looked out of his window, this homeless man was just staring at him, constantly just staring at him. It made him obviously jump quite a few times. And the name Freddy comes from a school bully of Wes Craven. The lad in high school is called Freddy. He used to bully Wes Craven. Well, there you go, you see. Facts. Facts. And then the, the other thing that I always think of when Wes Craven is that uh, just around the corner from where I grew up, there's a school oh, called yeah, West yeah. Craven. Oh, really? So I, I always thought it was a hilarious name. Yeah. So the, uh, the cast for this one then. So we've got Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Or he's actually just billed as Fred Kruger, which is just weird because he got him Freddy throughout the whole film. Uh, we've got Heather Langenkamp as Nancy Thompson, Johnny Depp as Glenn Lance, uh, which is an introducing credit, so it's his first feature. Uh, John Saxon as Lieutenant Thompson, uh, which is Nancy's dad. Uh, Ronnie Blakely as Marge Thompson, which is her Nancy's mum. Uh, Amanda we- uh, Wiss or Weiss as Tina Gray, and then. I, I apologise for the pronunciation, but I believe it's Jesu Garcia uh, playing Rod Lane. I did Google the pronunciation, and the one that I found told me it was pronounced Jackson State University, which I think is probably wrong. Uh, so the film was budgeted at $1.1 million and uh, had a box office return of $57 million. So it's a monster yeah, hit. Run away. That is huge amounts of profit. So, yeah, let's just get into the uh, the plot then. So, opens up and we see just a tiny little window within the screen. Um, we see some hands rooting around through tools, grabbing themselves knives and razors, and then fitting them to the glove, which if you know the franchise, you know exactly what that glove is. And then we get the title card with uh, Saint Nightmare on Elm Street.
cuts then to a teenager who's being chased through some corridors. Uh, she gets startled by a sheep and runs into a boiler room. And then we see a man who's stalking her. And then we see the previously seen knife glove uh, tear at some cloth. And the man jumps out and grabs her from behind. And then the we see that the girl wakes up, and it was all just a oh, dream. Just a dream. I will. I will say actually, um, this if we'll probably get round to best intros at some point, but this is high up there for me as one of the best intros. I think it's yeah, really it's, great. Yeah, it's very good. I don't remember the sheep. That was something I should remember this time. Yeah, I, uh, when you said it, then I was like, I was like, oh yeah, there is a sheep. Oh, why not? Oh, uh, so it gives you that. Uh, Awareness that something's amiss, doesn't it? At the start, it's uh, definitely a dream. Count one, mm. <laughs> one, two. Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> oh, oh, we will get to that. So, uh, yeah, so a, a woman enters and she asks Tina uh, what a problem is. Uh, says, Oh, I just had a bad dream and reveals that she's got four tears in her nightgown. And her mother is more concerned with uh, having some fun times with the fella that uh, comes into the room than she does with the well-being of her daughter. And she basically just tells her, cut your fingernails or stop writhing around in your sleep. Then she buggers off. Then next scene, we see some girls skipping. I think this is probably where Mark's going to put in the uh, the film clip here. We've got uh, some girls that are just skipping and they're singing a little nursery rhyme. She goes, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, going to stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. And just next to that, the car pulls up and Tina gets out with Glenn and Nancy. And talking about Tina's spooky dream from the night before. And Nancy says that she had a bad dream as well, but people have bad dreams, nothing to worry about. And then Rod comes from behind and just, just talks about his dick for a bit. <laughs> That's true, he does. I had a heart on this morning when I woke up, Tina. Had your name written all over it. There's four letters in my name, Rod. How could there be room on your joint for four letters? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after uh, so they've done this, it cuts to them. Uh, after, after school and the gang have descended on Tina's house and Tina and Nancy are just chatting about the dreams and then they realise that both of their dreams were about the same guy and they, uh, they hear a noise outside and investigate and oh it's just Rod again he tackles Glenn and just starts being a jerk uh, and then he takes Tina to bed and it's not clear if that's a hundred percent consensual, but it it happens, mm. and then think, just after that, I think you're supposed to sort of um, there's there's I think there's more depth to like Tina than than I think the film portrays really, and I think you know she's obviously it seems like she's from a broken home where her mum cares more about 
well, you said that anyway, but a mum cares more about, you know, b- b- her own life than she does about Tina's. And I think this sort of, she's just finding love where she can, attention where she can. Like I say, I think there's more, slightly more depth to the character. Well, I know that that's what Wes was going for as well. It sounded like I had insight, but I didn't. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's setting Tina up to be a big character, isn't it? Yeah. So it's giving those little nuggets of stuff that you assume is going to be developed as the yeah, film goes on. I think on. that's one of the best things it does. Like, I don't want to spoil, what, obviously, what you're coming to about with Tina. But you look at it from this point in the movie and you think she is the main character in this film. And I can't think of many other films like that. Uh, yeah. Scream comes to mind. We can... Yeah, well, that, it's yeah. something Wes Craven yeah. likes to do, isn't it? That because he did we miss Johnny Depp's phone call with the um, sound effects? Because I love that. No, that that is all oh, right. Bit. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I didn't actually write it because I thought it was just a comedy moment. I was trying to keep the plot. Oh, fair enough. Keep going then. <laughs> so yeah, the. Next thing that we, we do see in the film is Rod and Tina, well, we don't see it, we hear it, and uh, they're having sex that, that definitely isn't as good as they're pretending it is. Uh, we only see them after they've uh, they've finished. And Rod lets slip that he had a nightmare uh, last night too. Uh, it doesn't go into any detail about what it is. Uh, but then they, they go to bed, and then Tina wakes up and... She hears little stones being thrown at the window and one of them just leaves a good crack in it. And she starts hearing someone whispering her name. And then she goes off to check out the noise and she again keeps hearing the name. Uh, goes into an alley and then we see the man from the, the other dream and we see his knife hands and then his arms just stretch out big time. And we also see that he's got a deformed face. So. (laughs) Please, God. This is God. Yeah, big. Monster energy now is God. I just said monster energy. Uh, We're not affiliated with no, the brand. No, but would have been helpful during this movie. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah keep sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we see. Yeah, Freddy is a monster that doesn't abide by the laws of physics. Here, don't we? He does. He's a bit choppy and a bit. Look what I can do. Yeah. So Tina legs it from him when she sees this, as any normal person would. And he appears in front of her, appears behind a tree, just seems to be able to appear wherever he wants and whenever. And then he stands still. Tina starts looking at him. He just cuts his own fingers off. As you do. Because, yeah, why wouldn't you? Uh, But chases her again and catches her. And then it cuts to the bedroom where Tina's asleep and starts thrashing around. Uh, Rod wakes up and we see Tina just start flying around the room, seeing her get cut up, just blood everywhere. Yeah, there's murders guys. Um... And nasty mm. scene. It's a great, great scene. Fantastic. Yeah. Done it. 
Yeah, now if it, the question was, would I rather have this happen to me or death by shark? That, then I'd choose death that, by yeah, shark. Definitely. Yeah, just, just drop a great white on me. Just yeah, I'd take that over this. Yeah, it's awful. I think they did it in a rotating room or or something. Like you know, like dancing on the ceiling, dude. Um, yeah. So, but, but the effect is amazing. Yeah, you you say like you. There's no strings to be seen. No, no. And you, you see Rod in the same shot. So how they did it, it's it's impressive work. But then, yeah, it cuts after that to uh, to the police station, and we see a couple of police talking, and they're basically saying, "Look, there's no weapon. We know it's this guy Rod who's done it." And then we find that Nancy in the police station, and that the policeman that we're talking there is her dad. And She's sat there with her mum, and there's a bit of an argument between Nancy's parents. Uh, which, so we, I, I don't think it's ever explicitly stated, but it appears pretty clear that they're divorced and there's mm-hmm. some strife there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. It is, but yeah, look, it's very weird saying that. Yeah, then N- Nancy basically defends Rod, says, look, he didn't kill her, the arguments were never that bad. And you know, what happened to her just appears to be basically exactly what happened in a nightmare. And then we see the next day and Nancy is going to school uh, against her mother's wishes. And as she goes out, she sees that she's being watched by a very by the book secret service looking spy dude, dark suit and glasses. And as she walks along, Rod jumps out of the bushes and grabs her. And he tells Nancy that he didn't do it. and But turns out that Nancy was being followed by the police and Lieutenant Thompson arrives and he arrests Rod. Uh, but it doesn't put off Nancy. She just carries on yeah, going to school. Not? Yeah, why not? determined to get to school, is this girl. And while she's there, she falls asleep. And we see Tina in a body bag. And she wanders off just leaving a trail of blood which Nancy follows and as she's doing that she runs into a hall monitor in a red and green jumper uh, basically tells a hall monitor to piss off and legs it and then as she, she runs away the hall monitor calls for her and she's wearing the knife glove where's your pass? screw your pass Nancy carries on. She uh, she follows the blood trail and she goes to the boiler room. And she sees the man again and he cuts himself again, like slashes himself straight across the chest and it's just full of maggots and green goo. Yuck. And he says, come to Freddy. So it's the first time that we actually hear his yeah, name. That, that scene there that you've just described, it's, it's I think it's one of the most, especially as a child, it was one of my most scariest scenes ever. And that's without a kill involved as well. It's just the whole you, yeah. the whole school you situation, you know, it's meant to be a safe place. I'd agree with you there. I think Tina in the body bag is uh, is the main, like, scare in that. Yeah. Um, seeing her in it and, you know, I think later on the body bag gets dragged without anybody there, which again is... 
Um, yeah, quite scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, yeah, def- definitely, a, like you say, a, a powerful scare without yeah. any real peril up until to the end of it. Uh, really good scene setting. Uh, while Nancy is cornered, though, when the peril kicks in and Freddy shows up, uh, Nancy you know, twigs that she's dreaming and she burns her arm on one of the pipes to wake up and has a bit of a scream and a, a thrash around in the English class and also realises the burn on her arm still there. Uh, so she goes to the police station and she goes to speak I to do, Rod uh, and he I'm tells sorry, her... I would just like to quickly nod to the teacher being Lynn Shea who is, of course, somewhat horror royalty now from uh, the Insidious movies and other stuff yeah. before that. Um, she's not... She doesn't do much in this, but I was, like, watching it going, that's fucking Lynn Shea. <laughs> that's what... That's what I said. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Well, she seemed like a very nice teacher, so we'll, we'll give her that. Yes, a very reassuring pat on the back at one point. Uh, sorry, uh, friends, Dad. Come watch me in my movies 30 years from now. Yes, please. Uh, so, yeah, Nancy, after this incident, uh, goes to the police station, sees Rob, and he, he basically tells her the same thing as what we saw in the scene. He said, nobody was there, cuts appeared, uh, and he also let slip that he had a nightmare, which also involved Freddy uh, Krueger. Wow, it's a pandemic. It's a lot of people dreaming about Alfred. Alfred. Uh, so then, yeah, Nancy, after a busy day, takes herself home and she gets herself in the bath. And she herself starts singing the nursery rhyme. And while she's doing it, the knife glove, glove appears out of the water in between her legs and it looks like it's going to go get her until her mother knocks on the door and she tells her, don't fall asleep. You know, it's a good way to... Uh, slip into the bath and drown. And that's pretty much exactly what Nancy does. She uh, sleep, falls asleep, and then is dragged in underwater, uh, which she manages to uh, fight her way off and escape. Uh, then raids the medicine cabinet and grabs herself some energy yeah. pills. That's an iconic shot, isn't it? The, um, the, the, glove between, the glove in the yeah, bath. The glove between the legs, as it were. Especially when I think that's... Uh... It's 15, 14, 15, 16. I think Nancy was a, a bit of an icon. <laughs> I used to fancy, yeah. fancy the hell out of her. Yeah, I think uh, I think horny teenagers in the 80s would have had a good time with that. So, uh, yeah, next scene that we get, she's uh, in bed and she's trying to stay awake. And then Glenn comes in through the window and... Basically, saying, no, I'm not having any of the problems. Slept like a rock, and it's Rod that killed Tina, and everyone knows it. Uh, Nancy just says to Glenn, you know, just can you do us a favor and just stay up and watch me while I sleep? And she does fall asleep, and then we see her wandering off uh, around town. Uh, she first comes out of the house and she asks Glenn if he's still watching, and he pops out behind the tree and says that he is. And then she goes onto the police station and she sees Rod sleeping uh, nice and soundly in the bed. And then Freddie enters, uh, just pops himself through the uh, the bars and goes over to Rod. Then we see Tina in the body bag again. 
but she's full of creepy crawlies and grim stuff. And then we see Freddy jump out again. Ooga! Uh, he starts giving chase. Uh, Nancy legs it home. She say, makes it back to a house. Uh, runs upstairs, but they turn into some sort of creamy goo. And yeah, Freddy then bursts through the door and he's wearing Tina's face, which is, again, another great little moment. Uh, Nancy gets herself upstairs and she sees that Glenn's fallen asleep in the chair next to her bed too. Freddy catches her and they have a little bit of a wrestle, uh, but Nancy's woken up by an alarm. So after seeing uh, Rod and Freddie at the station. Glenn and Nancy go on together. Uh, the police are just like, no, nope, he's fine. We've seen him, he's sleeping. Uh, but when we see him sleeping, the bed sheets that he's wrapped in are moving by themselves, and they wrap around his neck, uh, pull him up to the ceiling, and hang him. And so I believe it uh, looks like a suicide. Uh, and they just carry on assuming Rod's guilt. Uh, but at his funeral, which for some reason Nancy's parents both went to, and they got front seats. Uh, front, front, yeah, they got, they got real. They got primo the, the seats. The best for that. seats. Uh, yeah, Nancy tells her dad that the killer's still out there, and you know she describes Freddie to to him, and there's a little flicker of recognition uh, among both of the parents. Uh, but yeah, Nancy's mum just like, look, this ain't good for you. So takes her to a sleep disorder clinic and she's put under and unsurprisingly has an incident and she gets a couple of cuts on her arm and, and a white streak in her hair while she's having a nightmare with Freddie that we don't actually get to see on this one. Uh, but she wakes up and also sees that she's grabbed Freddie's hat from her dream. Yeah, she has. She's pulled it out. Nice little hat, isn't it? Yeah, iconic hat, isn't it, really? Think about it. Yeah. It's almost as iconic as his glove and his black and red. I would, say, would you say that the the hat or the, the, the jumper's the, the more uh, iconic piece? I'd say the jumper, although, again, burning to my little facts that Mark knows I like to find, it's uh, his first Freddy. It's the only Freddy film where his stripes on the arms are actually pure red on the rest of them they're all striped little weird fact yeah, there. Oh, okay well I, I definitely would not have noticed that so that's that is interesting one thing know. i do love about this hat is it's got his name in it like what adults got their name in their hat <laughs> it's like school one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, also, if, you, if you're going to commit crimes... Don't put your name in that. Why would you have anything with your name on it anywhere near the crime scene? Maybe there's other people in the dream world that keep trying to steal his hat. Hey, that's my goddamn hat. Got my name in it. <laughs> but, yeah, she does have the hat, and she uh, she uses it to, uh, to confront her mother at home. She says, you know, I'm not crazy. This is a real thing that's happening. And this dude's name's in his hat. He's called Fred Krueger. Which is still weird. Calling him Fred. It doesn't sound right, does it? But it does not at all. Uh, then, yeah, basically a mother gives in and says that 
Fred Krueger as uh, a child killer, and he was responsible for about 20 deaths. Uh, but because there was a, an unsigned search warrant, he basically got away with it. And then there was a bit of mob justice. Uh, they hunted him down to a, a boiler room, uh, filled the place up with gasoline and, and burned him alive. And you know his mother even took the knife glove that he had. Yeah, yeah. And is it is is this yeah. the bit where the mum says, "See, so he can't be alive because mommy killed him or something"? Yes, it is that bit. Fucking hell! A bunch of us parents tracked him down after they let him out. We found him in an old abandoned boiler room where he used to take his kids. Go on. Took gasoline. We poured it all around the place and made a trail of it out the door. Then lit the whole thing up and watched it burn. But he can't get you now. He's dead, honey, because mommy killed him. I tell you what, right, I, when I was watching this film, well, obviously recently for this, I was like, this mum freaks me out. I think she freaks me out more than Freddie does. Like, it's something about her, especially that line. I mean, I know she's supposed to be a drunk, but that line is like, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. She's uh, supposed to be an alcoholic, but you never really see her drunk, do you, apart from one bit towards mm. the end. Uh, she's always... Oh, she's a bit Stepford Wives, isn't she? Yeah, she really freaks me out. It's a bit of a weird, weird parents, aren't they, if you think about it? Like you say, mum's meant to be an alcoholic. Father's constantly consumed by work, by the looks of things. Like they're never there, are they? No. No. I... I'd still say she's got a better mum than Tina. Yeah. I think, although you could argue in this movie, you could argue that the reason the parents are all so bad is because they're dealing with the guilt of the fact that they killed somebody. I mean, yeah, sure, he was a bad guy, but it's still not a good thing to do. No. I, yeah, I would say mob justice. Uh, it doesn't always go very well. No. Halloween Kills is another example is, of that. Yeah, that poor, that poor fella. Yeah, but the less said about that movie, the better. So, uh, yeah, we after that we see that Nancy and Glenn are together, and Glenn starts talking to Nancy about uh, dream skills. Uh, it's basically like people that are able to dream that if they're falling from a great height, they can turn it into a you know dream where they're having skydiving or the falling into some sort of magical world uh, and if they come across a monster they can just turn their back on it and the monster loses its power and disappears mm. and then uh, after this uh, Nancy corrals Glenn and tells him that basically gets him to help so that she can have a dream grab hold of Freddy and pull him out of the dream uh, so that they can kill him, like she uh, she grabbed the hat. Good thinking. But, oh no, Glenn falls asleep in his own house, and when his mum wakes him up, uh, he tells her that he was watching Miss Nude America, and his mother has no reaction at all. Which, 
such a weird scene is this. I don't know why. <laughs> it does serve no purpose whatsoever. And like the mum's reaction's just bizarre. She's like, does she know that he's on the wind up or was it just normal for you know teenagers to tell the mum they were watching essentially porn on just on telly? Yeah. I do vaguely enjoy the line. Um, how are you gonna how are you gonna hear what they say? Like that's not why I'm here. Again, yeah, just it's, just, it's a, like no reaction. Yeah, it's a very it. odd um, interaction, but I think I don't know. I think maybe, like you say, I think it is supposed to be maybe banter between the two of them. I don't think I don't think it was actually a thing. But yeah, Nancy uh, gets put to bed as well by her mother, and so she uh, gathers up empty coffee cups and uh, an empty coffee pot, and then leaves the room. And as soon as she does that, Nancy just jumps out of bed, grabs a secret coffee machine. <laughs> and not just like, you know, a little pot. It's like a, the full coffee machine from under the bed. Uh, and just pours herself another cup. And uh, just keeps herself going. Mm-hmm. And she starts trying to uh, to call Glenn, trying to get through to him, but she, she can't. Uh, the phone rings and she picks it up. And so only squeaking can be heard. So she... They basically pulls the phone out the wall and breaks the cable, and at which point it starts ringing again. Uh, so Nancy answers, and a voice on the other line just says, "I'm your boyfriend now." And the phone on the the uh, end just develops its own mouth and just starts licking. This at was her. Um, yeah. one scene that was meant to get cut because um, obviously the whole story of Freddie was. Uh, yeah, heard the word. It was a bit of a paedophile, wasn't he, as well? That's why, the, you know, all the parents killed him. And a lot of the scenes, you know, heading towards that, you know, the kids got pulled out. And this is one scene that they left in that was actually related mm. to his paedophilia. Yeah. And obviously yeah, I him. think... She's only plays a young girl, even though she's a lot older, is Nancy. She's playing a younger lass. But, you know, the phone kissing mm. out to her. I think um I think what actually happened in America there was a there was a big news story where something had happened at some schools. So yeah, it was a, it, it was, was like bad timing, wasn't it? It was like close too close to the bone because they were going with the child molester thing. But I think um yeah, it's a well it's a bit miserable really. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> but I will say, getting back to the film, you when I was watching that... this, I thought she deserves that be quite honest with you because if you pulled the phone out the wall and it starts ringing <laughs> why fucking answer the phone and does this mean that she's currently sleeping because what are, what are the rules on that one oh, well, I think we'll we'll cover that bit at the end ah, yeah maybe I yeah because I think I've, I've I've got some I've got stuff to, to say on that bit okay. all right well, not so much to say, more questions to ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so yeah, Nancy, uh, after the, the phone incident, tries to uh, to leg it and get to Glenn, but the door's locked. She says she can't get out, and there's the bars all over the door and window that her mum put there because of the for safety. It uh, cuts to Glenn, who's uh, just having a, a nice sleep, and he gets pulled into the bed, and then out of the hole that he was dragged through, there is just an explosion of blood. I, like, this iconic, is evil yeah, dead levels of blood, iconic. isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's actually the same room 
where they filmed yeah, uh, that... uh, Tina's death. But they they arranged a room upside down, if you know what I mean. So it looked like it was, yeah, it was going down. I read something about it years ago. Same room where Tina died, but then they turned the room upside down to... It was yeah. anyway. It was very dangerous, and a lot of cast members got injured <laughs> during the scene of it. Apparently, yeah, I heard that. Oh dear, I want to. What? So they just sort of rigged it so yeah, they just emptied it, it, and obviously and... there were loads of lighting about. This was obviously water-based liquid, and <laughs> as we all know, electrics and liquid don't mix. No, because it's a very watery. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as blood goes. What I will say about this scene is, uh, I was going to pull it up earlier, but I thought I'd just wait for this kill. Is I, I can't remember the second film, but I think this might be the only one where you don't actually see any of the actual deaths. Um, everyone, all the deaths you see happen in real life, and you don't actually see Freddy do any of the killing. Um, well, I've got, I've got a theory on that because what that you. you that you want to do now or at well, the end? Well, I'll do it now because it's, you know, it's timing. Right. It's, um, if you think about the whole film, Glenn, Johnny Depp, he doesn't have any dreams about Freddy whatsoever. And he's quite, at the beginning, he's quite dismissive about it. But he, he doesn't have any night. he doesn't have any nightmares himself about Freddy. He's one of the only, only one of the gang. So to not see Freddy during that, I think it's quite clever. No, but you don't even, with with Tina, you don't actually see her get killed in the dream. Um, it when you see her get killed, it's outside of the dream. From um, yeah, I see where you're going. Yeah, you know what I mean. You don't actually see because later on that becomes sorry spoilers ahead for you, Matthew. But later on that becomes very much part of the franchise is the kills within the dreams and the sort of often very unique kills. Um. So I just thought it was, it's strange in this one that you never really see any of the actual any of the actual moida. Well, uh, they were saying before it, this actual film, the first film, you very rarely see Freddy anywhere. I think in the whole of the film I read in is is in six seven minutes in total in the whole of the first film. Wow, and that's that's a man. Yeah, because I mean a lot of the scenes where he's quote unquote in it, you just see. Like you said, just the, the person yeah. sleeping and struggling. Like you never see him in like no, the sleep no. clinic scene, for for example. No. You know, just Sometimes not there. Even, you just see little shadows of him, and well, yeah, yeah less definitely. is more, as they say. Yeah, just thought it was strange considering it becomes such a thing later on. The dream kills become such a big thing later on. That in this, you don't see shit. Anyway, on you go. On we go. Right, so uh, yeah, they're, they're on the, the the police are on the scene, and Nancy's dad is there as as you would expect. And Nancy, so manages to call him, and he basically tells her, "Come round to the house, break the door down in twenty minutes, and we'll catch the killer." Uh, so we see her setting up some booby traps, and goes and tells her mother that she loves her, uh, says a, a prayer, and then she goes to sleep and goes off in her dream, going looking for Freddy in the boiler room. And then, of course, because what else was going to happen, Freddy sneaks up on her and uh, grabs her. Uh, but she dives out of her own window. And then Freddy appears in the bushes. 
they have a little wrestle and then Nancy wakes up. Uh, wakes up while she's grabbed hold of him. But uh, Freddie's nowhere to be seen. And say, Nancy just has this little moment of doubt where she uh, she thinks, you know, maybe I am crazy. But uh, surprise, here's Freddie. So he uh, he's in the real world now. He slashes at her with his uh, knife hands, but she smashes him in the head with a coffee pot and legs it. Uh, she can't escape because the uh, the doors are locked and there's the bars on the windows. Uh, so Freddie gives chase. Uh, but the booby traps, they, they all work. It goes full home alone. Uh, he gets a hammer to the knackers. He, uh, there's a, a light bulb full of gunpowder. Uh, yeah, he's basically... Re- I really think puts him through the ring. Nancy proper uh, kicks ass, doesn't she? <laughs> she, yeah, she is prepared. Look back of Yeah, any movie, horror movie, there's not many that had to go after the killer, and she actually takes um, him head on, really, doesn't she? Yeah, but this this scene is ridiculous. It's really stupid. Uh, I think I was I was watching it when I was watching it back again. Uh, well, today I watched it back. I was like, this is really dumb. Like, it reminds me of Home Alone. You know, and I realise that it's very similar, but almost to the point where she's like, you you guys better come and get me. I'm really scared. Um, and and he's also becomes a bit of a klutz. Um, I, was sat there, I was sat there watching it thinking, this just goes to show that Kevin McAllister could probably take out anybody given enough prep time. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I, I do think throughout the time she is genuinely trying to escape. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Grab, grab the police stuff, and so I, I think that's that's kind of smart in that she knows she can't stop him, but she can slow him down enough uh, while she's doing these. Uh, eventually, though, she well it does appear that she does stop him because she actually sets him on fire in yep. the basement, uh, gets herself up the stairs and, and locks the door. So you know he's he's in there burning like just like the first time he died. Uh, the pol- she calls for help again. The police finally come in, uh, but the basement's open and there are flaming footsteps that uh, lead upstairs. And flaming footsteps. They, they do go upstairs, and there is a flaming Freddy on top of a mother. Uh, Lieutenant Thompson chucks a sheet over the whole scene and, and puts it out. Uh, when they pull back the sheet, they just see that the mother's burned body descending inside the bed. And yeah, Nancy tells her dad, look, go downstairs and I'll be down in a minute. And then once he leaves, Freddie rises out of the bed and Nancy just turns her back on him, like they mentioned before, with the dream skills. And she tells him that so the whole thing's just a dream. Uh, she takes back any energy she gave to him and that he's nothing. Uh, so obviously, does Freddie don't like this? And he goes to strike her, but before he could reach, he disappears. I know you too well now, Freddie. No, you die. It's too late, Kruger. I know the secret now. This is just a dream. You're not alive. This whole thing is just a dream. I want my mother and friend again. What? I take back every bit of energy I gave you. You're nothing. 
and then cuts to a nice bright sunny morning and Nancy opens the door and her mother's there with her and she's feeling great. She's going to stop drinking because she just doesn't feel like it anymore because that's exactly how it works with alcoholism. Uh, Glenn pulls up in his car Tina and Rod are there. This is where the film should end. I know they had to, I don't want to spoil what you're about to say, but I know they had to make so it looks like sequels. But... Oh, I say, yeah, so Nancy gets in the car and then the roof comes uh, on top and the roof has red and green stripes yeah. on it. Uh, the windows all start going up by themselves and the, the gang start to panic and the car drives off and the mum just stands waving them off uh, until Freddy's hand smashes through the, the door window and drags the mother through it and... Uh, Pulls her away, and then there we just see the, uh, the skipping girls with the nursery rhyme again, and the credits roll. Great film. That's the film. Yeah, uh, like I was saying before, I think the film should have ended, you know, with the the old, you know, she's beat Freddy. You know, it's not afraid of fear. It's beaten Freddy. But obviously, they have to. They wanted to leave the franchise open, so they ended it as they did. Yeah, I mean, I would have ended it. I, I was quite happy for. I'm quite happy for them driving off in the car. What I don't appreciate is the mum getting dragged through the door because it's a really bad effect. It looks like a blow up doll being pulled yeah, through a, through a thing. It's, it's, it? it's, a, it's a terrible effect, and it it slightly ruins it. Yeah, it's slightly. It just just slightly ruins it because, um, as I say, the pulling away that would have, I would have ended it there really you know with a mum just waving goodbye because that's creepy in itself um but I mean well because it's the mum and you have <laughs> yeah you've got something against that mother haven't you yeah she scares the shite at me <laughs> um but I mean who am I to question Wes Craven <laughs> so yeah I just think uh so before we start uh, giving our thoughts on it I'll just give you the uh, the critical consensus mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got a 95% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes and an 84% from the audience, uh, a 7.4 on IMDb and a 3.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. All right. That's... So if we say anything bad about it, we're going against the current. Yeah. Um, did, you want to say, did you want to say something about um, some questions you've got? Because I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, so... I just want to uh, to preface this with that I do very much enjoy mm-hmm. this film. Uh, I think it's mostly off the strength of, of Freddy Krueger uh, as a character. But I, I do think I have a problem with it in that I never really know what what are Freddy's powers. Uh, uh, I would say fear. You know, what, well, that's the thing, is it he's attacking people in the dreams so what you know when you know sort of the first scene where he's got tina you know he, he slashes the nightgown and there's an effect in the real world when he kills her the, the slashes appear so you know that makes sense to me at least he's, you know he's got what happens inside the dream translates across to the you know to the real world but then when he kills rod he does it by manipulating stuff outside the dream yes and he 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 is able to use tangible items to kill people. Mm. And it's like, I can never 
get a grasp on what can and can't Freddie do because he just seems to be able to do whatever the scene requires him to do. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, I, I am with you on that one actually because when uh, that's all that one's always bugged me the the rod one because I'm like, what what's actually happening here? And this is what I was saying going back to what I said before about you never actually see the kills in the dream, which would make more sense. Um, especially in that particular instance, fucking hell. I mean, even if they just had the scene in that cell where Freddy was actually there tying a thing around his neck, you'd be going, oh, at least this is happening in the dream. So when you cut back to reality, it looks like he's hung himself. It makes sense. But because you see it from a point of view of it happening in reality, I don't know. It's an odd one, actually, because I think there are moments in that film where you have to you have to sort of think about at what point is it a dream and is it reality? Because well, that that's sort of my other my other beef with it is that I I can never work out that question. Yeah, it... and and I think as a result, I think you kind of rob the stakes out of the ending. Because, mm. like you know, which bit of you know of this does it stop being a dream? When does it start being? Yeah, a dream? I'll say what he's saying, but I actually. That's the one bit I do like because it keeps you guessing. If you know what I mean, I I like it, and uh, for exactly that reason, you know, are they, it does are keep they awake? Are they, are they dreaming? Wondering yeah. what's yeah. Uh, it's just that yeah. one last scene where it's just like, oh, well, that's a dream. So it's you know, was the bit where she stopped Freddy in a dream because how can she stop him in a dream if he's you know if make him disappear if she's yeah. brought him out of the dream? It's it's like, was the whole thing a dream? And then she just had another dream at the end. And it's, it's a bit odd, isn't it? it? Yeah. There's, I think it's, I think Wes Craven's uh, a very good director. Is it? You know, he's an incredible director. You know, one of the, the absolute best, certainly in horror. Uh, but I would say it's not a massive surprise that his best film is one that he didn't write. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, although I think probably a lot but I am going to give it a creative can I just uh, before we can I just give a massive shout out to Robert England absolutely fantastic it's just you'll watch all the others and you'll come to realise how good he actually was Mm. yeah I Robert England is is always he's just a treat doesn't he just sounds like comes across as a great guy and he loves being in horror films and is very yeah, good. It's been, yeah, it's been in modern yeah. you can remember as well, hasn't it? You know. Well, we, yeah, we covered him didn't, the other week, didn't we? In the uh, Leslie Vernon. Yeah, he was film. in Leslie Vernon. He was in Wishmaster and, uh, as well. He's actually in uh, um, current uh, Stranger Things. Yes, yes, yes. It was a bit of a surprise cameo. Yeah. Um. So yes, we. Uh, we very much approve of Robert England. Yeah. Right. Let me do my bit. So, here's the thing. Is this movie scary? Yes. I yes. Can I tell you why I think it is? You can't... You know, the thing is, right, I've always agreed with myself by saying... 
Nightmare on Elm Street scary because you're supposed to be safe in your dreams. And, you know, in this particular instance, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, you're not safe. But if, it feels like there's a lot of moments in this movie where Freddy's not scary at all. And the scares themselves come from, like I said, Tina in the body bag and stuff like that. But when you see Freddy on screen, he doesn't. He certainly doesn't have the personality that he will later get. And there's stuff like when he comes on screen and just like chops his fingers off, and you go, "I don't know what this is." You know, when he extends his arms out, it, it, it's not spooky to me. Um, and at one point, he runs after someone and it looks like he's shit himself. Uh, <laughs> It gets a bit of the clown shoes at the uh, the last bit as well. It does, yeah, it? and the and that bit at the end where he's falling around all over the place like some fucking doink. Um, but I think what I've, I've gone into this obviously, I you know I'm in my forties now. I've I've seen it quite a few times, and probably was picking it apart a critical thing. And I am going to give it a creative psychopath because I think it deserves it as a movie, but. Watching it this time, I was—I think I was a lot more critical about it than I was expecting myself to be. Because I guess I've never thought about reviewing it, um, and I do just think, yeah. But I'm going to give it the creative side of it. I think it's like any film, whether you find them scary. I think it all—it's an all an age, age thing, isn't it? You know, if you're eight years old when you're first watching it, I think you find him even run at you with his long arms scary. But I'd say, yeah. I would say, though, for every bit where he is a bit daft, there's the the bits in the boiler room where he, you know you just catch glimpses of him and he's stalking and and he is being a scary character. Yeah, I think, like I say, I think it was just because I watched it with a critical eye this time, and I think, um, like I'm some big critic, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I just. Um, like I said, there was just things that I picked up on where I was like, oh, I'm not sure if this is scary. And I think the last 10 minutes or so, when it becomes this sort of slapstick movie, and it and I feel it really does go a bit too slapstick, um, that it starts losing a bit of its uh losing a bit of its scare. And I think it only saves itself when Freddie comes out of that sheet, right, right at the very end, because that emergence from the sheet is really really uh creepy anyway i i'm picking it apart and i shouldn't be because ultimately i think it's it's great it's got one of the best final girls from any franchise um capable you know also also is right from the beginning uh very ripley-esque um which was first oh ripley uh, sorry alien was wasn't it? it was the 70s yeah. Was, yeah, so very Ripley-esque in that way. Like I say, Robert Englund is good as Freddy, and I think, like Matthew says, I think later on you you do appreciate him a bit more as a character. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's where you sort of have to settle with this is liking it for what it is and accepting its foibles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So go ahead then, uh, Logger. Uh, definitely. Creative Psychopath. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I personally, uh, I wouldn't change a thing. 
because uh, I just, I don't know, I just wouldn't. <laughs> I think it's a great film, like I say, watch it from a very young age. Um, I think, yeah, like like I you were saying you. before, you know, it's so scary because, like you were saying, your, your safe place is your bedroom, your bed, and you're asleep. That, that's a child's, you know, a young child's safe place. Mm-hmm. You know, and to know that you can't get, you can't be safe is you know what can you do? Everyone has to sleep. You know if you've got nightmares about you know like jaws, you don't have to go to the sea. You know nightmares about other stuff. You don't have to do that, but you do have to sleep. There's no there's no... yeah. If you're worried you're going to be killed by shark, yeah, you can, exactly. You can avoid you know, water, you, can't you? But you can't not sleep. Uh, yeah, that... yeah. The premise is. Yeah. Is incredibly strong, isn't it? It really is. It really is excellent. Yeah, it, uh, you're right. It 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 works. It's a it's a wonderful film. Uh, I just I don't know. Like I said, there was just some things that bugged me about it, and I think it was like I said. I just I'm so going to say it again, but I just thought that last sort of ten minutes when it becomes it's a bit too slapstick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I do agree. Like I was saying, where I'd have ended it, but you know, we all needed. They wanted to get the franchise going, obviously, so they needed to end it so Freddy was still with us. Yeah. Anyway, so um, what's next? Facebook. Facebook is next, yeah. So let's uh, let's see what uh, what the gang have to say. So got, got quite a few comments on this one, as you'd probably expect for uh, such a big-name film. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start from the top. So we've, uh, Andy said that it's his favourite franchise and what literally hooked him into horror. Which, uh, again, I don't think he's alone in that, is No, it? I happen to know Andy's got a, uh, a full-on replica glove as well, which uh, is a beautiful thing. And, yeah, uh, Faye has also said that it's her favourite franchise, uh, alongside Saw. Uh, Tanya has also said best franchise. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of love for this franchise in the uh, in the group. And yeah. uh, she's also uh, Laura has said that she needs to rewatch them because uh, it's her favorite franchise. Uh, so the only scene that she remembers is that sticks in her head is the puppet scene uh, in the third by the screen yeah. of the person. Thank you if you remember right, Mark. I chose that as one of my best kills when I did my first screen review. I believe that was your best yeah. kill. Yeah. Uh, she also said that uh, what's more scary than someone who gets you in your sleep, which again we've covered and are very much in agreement mm-hmm. with. Uh, and then, yeah, lastly we have Alistair who said that uh, slashes had already gotten stale by the time that Wes Craven made this movie. Uh, he put the killer up front, made him talk, and scared the living <laughs> piss out of millions. Bang on. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of truth in that statement. I remember when I read that earlier, I was like, yeah, that's very, it's a truthful statement. He's not. He's not a Michael Myers or a Jason. He's not a silent slasher killer. He's got a bit, well, he's not got as much personality in this as I would have liked, but it depends because I think later on they get a bit silly. Yeah, yeah they, get, they get a bit, <laughs> I don't know, a bit campy, a bit funny, don't they? They do. But still good. Uh, but yeah, so on the whole, there is a there is a lot of love for Mr. Kruger and Co. Yeah. Beautiful, right? Well, that was the that was the filling of the horror sandwich. We didn't talk about the first slice of bread because I live a complicated life and I don't know what's going on here. Um, 
So, um, this one's mainly for you, Logger, because I think I'm not sure when we're going to answer these questions, Matthew. But no. so, what is your worst, weirdest nightmare, and how would Freddy get you? Oh, uh, let's go with nightmare first. Well, I've, I've had to again, greedy as I am, I've got two nightmares. One, yeah. One's a funny one, which still makes me laugh to this day because I, I didn't dream much as a child, believe it or not. And one's a scary one. But the, the funny one was, like I said, I didn't dream much, but I'll remember this. Cause I was about, I must have been 16, 17. It was the last day of school, the day, the night before the last day of school. And I, I woke up in my dream and I looked out of my bedroom window and everyone that I've ever met in my life was out on my like cul-de-sac where I used to live. My bedroom window used to look out on the cul-de-sac. And... I, was, I remember having a conversation before I went to bed with my mum, what are you going to do after school? So, like I said, I woke up, I looked out in the bedroom window, and everyone I've ever met, relatives, people that I knew through school, and they were all pointing up at me, and they were all going, college, college, college. <laughs> and it's just stuck in my head ever since. Yeah, just pointing at me with a finger, shouting, college, college. Uh, anyway, that, that was a funny one that's just stuck with me. <laughs> I didn't know. Did you go to college? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you ever wanted a to massive sign, sign, I, I can't yeah. think of anyone more obvious. <laughs> uh, obviously, we've all had the no-clothes dream. But um, uh, when you say weirdest nightmare, I'm actually going to twist it a little bit. It's not so much a nightmare. It's something that did actually happen to me. And it's oh. the, it, I've brought this up because of the Freddy Krueger theme. Um. I used to love the films. You know, I could watch them twice a week. I remember going to bed one night, and my brother was five years older than me. Well, still is five years older than me. Before I went to bed, hid underneath my bed, and while I was half asleep, decided to start singing really quietly. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Well, you can imagine what happened. <laughs> uh, I ran downstairs faster than I've ever ran in my life. And I think he got a bit of a telling off of mum and dad. But so it wasn't much a, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't so much a nightmare. It was real life. Uh, well, I can I can appreciate brotherly yeah. abuse. And what's the other thing you asked me? Sorry, how would Freddy? Was in, in, how uh, is Freddy going to get you a new nightmare? Uh, I'll probably be on my phone now, me. <laughs> but uh, no, he, um, I've come up with a, a weird one. Mark will know this probably better than you, Matthew. But we've got a cardboard crusher at work and I'm no. going to wake up and I'm going to be at work probably naked because we all have that naked dream <laughs> <laughs> and Fred is chasing me and me being stupid and being in a uh, get some uh, damn clothes yeah, on <laughs> me being stupid and being in a horror movie and most people are stupid in them I hide in the cardboard crusher <laughs> and Freddy just presses that magic on button <laughs> that is how oh, no. Freddy would get me Okay, yeah. yeah, I'd say that's reasonable and also very unpleasant. Yes, that's awful. Um, I don't know if you d- did an answer to that, Matthew, or not. Um, I wasn't quite sure. But how how's Freddie going to get me? Yeah, but... I I think he would probably just threaten me with with anything that involves physical movement, and I, <laughs> I would just give up. And just... <laughs> I think the best answer that to that question, I'd say, take my <laughs> eye. Shark. <laughs> Take my eye and leave the sharks out of it. Yeah, 
I, I, it stabbed me with his glove, probably. That's what he does, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get to when we get to the later on things. You'll see. You'll see sort of why I made that question. I think. Um, now I'm happy for everybody to answer this because I think we could probably do this on every episode, Matthew. So, best sleepover movie. Uh, would you like me to go first? Uh, well, I can if you yeah. want. Um, I I don't know why, but Urban Legend comes to mind. Um, I'm just thinking for a sleepover movie, you want something that's a bit scary, but not too scary because you want to actually... Do they actually sleep at sleepovers? I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm going to go for Urban Legend. It's got a wonderful start and uh, it's pretty pretty fun to go through. And it's got Wes Craven in as well. Not Wes Craven. Um, Rob England. Crikey. Uh, I'm choosing that. So whoever's... Oh, my bit... A bit strange, though, because, like I say, not uh, massive on horror as I was growing up. So we were always comedy films at sleepovers. All right, okay. So we always, sort of, uh, we're always on Anchorman and uh, Zoolander and, and a few Austin Powers and, you know, films like that. So the only horror film I would probably say I've actually watched at a sleepover uh, was White Noise. I don't think I've seen that. And... It, oh, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, it uh, had Michael Keaton in it, and yeah, it's just just a really bad film. Yeah, I don't recall ever seeing that. So I couldn't I couldn't possibly say that uh, that that was a, a recommendation for a sleepover movie. Uh, going from what you said though about a film that's you know a bit crap, but you know, would, would be good to sort of tear into pieces with, with people around. Uh, I watched Lake Placid for the first time the other day, and that movie is that... Yeah. Let's just say that it would work for a sleepover. It's a great movie. Lake Placid is good fun. Well, I'm I'm going to... Well... Choose. Not a massive fan of the franchise, uh, but I think Scream. The first Scream movie. And, yeah. and again, I'm going from a bit of experience with this, as you've probably found out, my brother was a bit of a twat, uh, five years older and all that. I was uh, having a sleepover with, a, I think there was about five of us, all lads, and him and his best mate, Dean, thought it'd be a great idea. Halfway through the film, we used to have patio doors that led to the back garden. Uh, to one of them, they only obviously had one, but one of them decided to stand at the back door at the patio door for about five minutes till we saw him wearing the screen mask uh, halfway through the film. <laughs> so, yeah. But let's uh, just put it this way. Two of the lads end up not sleeping over. <laughs> I was a bit scared. But, yeah, so I, I, I would go for a screen, like I say, from experience. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Right. Well, there we go. Yeah, I think we're covered for uh, any listener wanting to host a group of people yeah. around. And I think, uh, I think despite the fact that we said best sleepover movie, I think we can prepare a sleepover movie for every one of these episodes. Um, so, uh, yeah, that brings us to the end then. So thanks very much, to Logger, for joining us on our lovely sleepover. Now we've uh, uh, giggled, talked about boys and, and ate popcorn. We're all tuckered out and ready to go to bed. 
Um, but before... Wait, there was popcorn? Uh, sure. Um, well, what else do people eat at sleepovers? I just, I just didn't get any. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Hello. I'm guessing mine's in peanut the post. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. Actual jelly, though. I don't want jam. <laughs> uh, oh, I was on a roll there. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what, uh, I, don't know what I, I said. I just say thanks for having me. You can. We were going to get to oh, that sorry. anyway. Um, no, that's fine. You, you're welcome. The, the pleasure you're is welcome. all ours. And I'm really I'm happy that you came back, and I'm glad we got you back for one of your favourite no, movies. Oh, brilliant. I always um, come back for my favourites. Yes, yes. Well, um... American Werewolf in London still stands as the most downloaded, oh. so you're good for oh, that. Okay, let's get this one up to um, second, then, and then I might come back for a third and make it a hat trick. Yeah, maybe you're the maybe you're the one. No, let's get let's get American Werewolf in London down to second. Yeah, let's get this yeah. one first. Correct. So, uh, what happened? We were all tucking out, ready for bed. But before we go to bed, what we're going to do is we're going to go on our phones. We're going to follow all our social medias, um, creative psychopaths everywhere you want to go. You can find us. Um, the Facebook group is Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast, because um, well, it's a whole story that you don't need to know. Um, and I sort of think that that brings us to a close. So the last thing to say is sleep well, everybody. Night. Night, night. Uh. <laughs>